center field. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Soto Mojo Podcast. This is Colby Patnode, and I'm joined as always by Ty Gonzalez. So Ty, you know, I, I want to start off with this question. Um, what do you talk about when there's no news for the Mariners? I mean, it's been a very slow off season and everything, so I'm just worried we're not going to have a lot to talk about today. <laughs> I mean, we could always talk about uh, that awesome Seahawks win on Sunday. Yes, 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 we could. Um, maybe we'll record at the end and we'll put that on our, uh, discord server as a private, uh, thank you for those of you who joined the discord. Um, that might, that might be something fun to do, but, um, yeah, uh, side note, that game was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's really hard to argue. But, uh, anyway, so we actually do have, I don't know if I'd call it news, um, but we do have a lot of speculation and rumors and stuff like that to discuss about the Mariners, um, including uh, things about Edwin Diaz, Robinson Cano, and uh, perhaps most notably or most believably, uh, Gene Segura, who has been mentioned now uh, a cup by a couple of uh, different people who say different teams have interest in him. Um, San Diego is one team, and uh, Philadelphia is another. So let's start with Segura, Ty. Um, what do you think of the rumors, and uh, what do you think of the possibility that the Mariners actually trade Segura? Um, I think pretty high. Um, I think it makes sense. Uh, I, I'm not sure if I'm completely on board with the idea of doing it, but um, given uh, you know Scott Service's comments about Segura towards the end of the season, uh, benching him for not hustling, basically. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the clubhouse fight between uh, Segura and uh, D. Gordon, I'm sure that may have uh, left a little bit of a bad taste in um, the Mariners organization's mouth. Um, so, yeah, so I, I think it's possible. I think he's one of their better trade trips that they have. Um, mm-hmm. I think they could get a pretty nice package for Segura or like a really, really good player just straight up in a swap. Um yeah, I, I I think, you know, San Diego makes a lot of sense. Philadelphia makes a lot of sense. The Yankees still make a lot of sense if uh, Machado goes elsewhere. Um, right. So, yeah. Um, I You know, like I said, I'm, I'm not completely on board uh, with it entirely, but um, I, I'm excited about what a potential um, package the Mariners could get in return for Segura. I, um, you know, the, the shortstop market is very thin Mm -hmm. and, um, there will be a premium on, uh, on Segura after, uh, after Machado makes his decision. And, um, and as, you know, as for timeline, I, I, I really do think that, um, 
if Segura is gonna gonna be moved, it won't be until after uh, Machado um, signs. So, so yeah, I think I think the Mariners are in the driver's seat at least in um, getting uh, getting value back. Um, and there's gonna be quite a few teams with uh, deep uh, rosters or farm systems that will uh, be contacting them about Segura. So that's exciting. Um, still, uh, you know, I love Gene a lot and, uh, would be absolutely fine with him staying a Mariner, but, um, you know, uh, the, the Mariners need to make, uh, the decisions that are best for them right now to, uh, you know, maximize reaching that window, uh, that they've set for themselves. Right. Um, yeah, you know, I, I had somebody on Facebook reach out to me and say that, uh, you know, why would they trade Gene Segura? He's the second best shortstop in baseball. First of all, no, he's not. Um, no. Let's be he's very... the second best shortstop available. Yes, he is. Um, and he's probably the second best shortstop in the American League West. Um, <laughs> I mean, it depends on how you feel about Andrelton Simmons. But, uh, yeah. I mean, the argument is that Marcus Simeon is right behind him. And Elvis Andrus is pretty good um, when he's healthy. So, no, he's not the best shortstop in baseball, not one of the top two. But he is really good. He's he's definitely in the top ten. Um, he can handle the position defensively. Obviously, he can hit. He can steal bases. Um, you know, in his four-year deal, um, it's set to make him, I believe it's 14.25 yep. each of the next four years. Um that's insanely reasonable um, yeah. for a soon-to-be 29-year-old. You um, already know he can play second at a really high level as well, so there's some versatility there. Segura is a really good player. Um, I think the um, the lack of contenders who really need a shortstop kind of lessens his market a little bit. So I don't think you're looking at at a James Paxton type of package, but I think you can get um, reasonably close to that. Um, I would not be shocked if, you know, for simplicity's sake, they got a, you know, a quote top 100 prospect for him. Um, not that the rankings of those things really matter, but they'll get a pretty good prospect, I'm sure. Um, maybe two, and then like a couple lottery tickets. Um, San Diego makes a lot of sense, and they have a very deep farm system. Philadelphia also makes a lot of sense, um, and they also have a very nice farm system. So, uh, yeah, I, I think there's a good chance he gets traded. Again, he has the no-trade clause, um, which has to be worked around. Um, but, like you mentioned, if there is some kind of uh, fighting or some kind of disagreement between uh, the Mariners' management team and Gene Segura, probably makes it more likely that he would waive his no-trade clause. And if they trade Robinson Cano later, um, I would think that would actually that would increase it even more um, with his best buddy off the team that he would uh, waive that no trade clause. So um, yeah, I just so in terms of like a return for Segura, you thinking what do you think the Mariners should uh, should ask for? Just in terms of like uh, what type of players? Well, I think um, all three teams that have been rumored to be interested in Zagura have a nice balance of um, 
solid farm system and some uh, pretty nice uh, MLB ready uh, talent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you look at the Yankees, uh, I believe you proposed um, Clint Frazier being the headliner and such a deal. Um, yeah. So that's kind of the type of player that I look at for MLB ready. Um, you know, the Padres have Austin Hedges. Um, you know, and the Phillies have like 50 million MLB ready guys that are really interesting. Um, so I, I think, you know, like, um, like both the, the Malik Smith and the Justice Sheffield deals, um, they'll look to, you know, find value at the top and uh, try to get a, a couple of, you know, prospects that they, that they like. And they uh, may not technically be uh, your, you know, top 100 type of guy, but... Uh, there'll be guys that the Mariners really um, like, and it'll probably be an outfielder with a swing change (laughs) because that's become the meme now. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, Yeah. I I look at the Phillies and and I look at the, and um, at the, uh, the God, the Yankees and the, and the Padres and they're all very similar um, in what they can offer. So uh, I think, you know, uh, an MLB ready guy mixed with um, one of the team's better prospects and a couple of lottery tickets um, makes mm-hmm. the most sense. Right. Um, just going to throw this out there. Um, one of the deals that I have been, I don't know, eyeballing is the right word, but uh, one of the potential packages that I've liked, um, that I've had discussions with other people about um, that they've liked, uh, comes from the Phillies in which the Mariners would receive J.P. Crawford, um, who was a uh, a former, like, really highly ranked prospect. I think even top 10 at one yeah. point. Uh, he can play defense like nobody's business at shortstop. He has not been able to hit at all, really, at the big league level. Um, and obviously, if you have Segura, you don't really need that guy anymore. So he would be, I don't know if you want to call him the headliner, but he would be the major league piece. And then the Phillies would throw in somebody like Adam Hazley or... Uh, Mickey Moniak or Irvin or uh, Inel de, de Los Santos, uh, somebody like that, um, who is, you know, either MLB ready or pretty close to it, um, has some upside, but probably isn't going to be a, a star, um, maybe a, a borderline all-star at the most. So I think that's kind of the type of deal that the Mariners should be looking at. Um and, you know, like like you said, the Yankees can o- certainly offer something similar to that uh, with different players, obviously. And so can the uh, so can the Padres. So I, I think I think Segura probably gets moved. Um, and I, I think it's to one of those three teams. Maybe Milwaukee is a possibility mm-hmm. uh, if they're looking for a second baseman. Um, same goes for the Dodgers. If they're looking for a second baseman. Uh, I think maybe both of those teams are possibilities as well. But, yeah, I, I tend to think he'll get traded, and I do think it'll either be to the Yankees, the Padres, or the uh, – or the. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see how that goes. Um, I guess since we've talked about the Padres and Gene Segura, we should uh, mention – I'm not sure if we talked about this on the last podcast, but uh, the proposal uh, that got leaked to send uh, Gene Segura and Will Myers to the uh, – or Gene Segura and Mike Leake to the Padres for Will Myers. 
Um, like I said, I'm not, I can't quite remember. We talked about that last time. Um, so we don't have to spend too much time on it, but, uh, that sounds like complete and utter BS. Don't you agree? I mean, it kind of makes sense as long as there's more. Right. Um, but yeah, if it's just Segura and leak straight up from Mars and it's completely, uh, bogus, um, that would never happen. <laughs> I'm just, right. um, yeah, I, you know, I, I like Myers more than most, but you know, he's not very exciting, um, and he's limited in what he can do for you. Um, I just think that the value of Segura and Leak heavily outweigh Myers' value, especially because he uh, next year, twenty twenty, he starts to make uh, twenty million AAV, yep. so. Um, yeah, I'm not, not super stoked about that idea. Um, I know the Mariners like, uh, Myers, um, you know, Jerry DePoto, uh, would definitely have interest in Myers. So I, 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 I think that's probably something that's been discussed. Um, I just feel that it would take a lot more from the Padres to make that deal done. Um, cause when you look at it, it's the the Mariners are looking to trade Segura and Leak for value, not to dump them. And the Padres, on the other hand, would basically look to dump Myers. Right. So, yeah, if the Padres are looking to dump some salary, um, which long term they would in this deal, yeah. Um, then. It would stand to reason that there is definitely more to this trade. Um, I think it's more or less been confirmed. And since it was rumored to happen, you know, what, more than a week ago, and it still hasn't, uh, I think it's probably safe to say that uh, this was more a uh, more of a, hey, what do you think of this type of situation, rather than the two teams actually, um, you know, getting close to any kind of a deal. Uh, the other thing about that trade is that both Segura and Mike Leak have no trade clauses. Um, apparently, the Mariners have since approached Mike with uh, several opportunities to waive his no trade clause, and he's either said no, I'm not going to waive my no trade clause, or he hasn't decided yet, or he's given the Mariners a list, and the Mariners are trying to work out deals with those teams. Um, so, I think Mike Leak's name popping up isn't a surprise. Um, you know, he's he's a nice starting pitcher who's only going to cost his acquiring team $10 million uh, this year. And I think I think it's nine million next year uh, with a reasonable buyout after that. Um, so yeah, I, I think like I think Leak's going to be valuable on the market. Um, I, I don't know if I like trying to package him with Segura. I feel like you're always better off, almost always better off separating players and trades. But yeah. uh I mean, the Mariners trading Mike Leak, that, that's interesting. Um, and I think it's probably getting buried with the recent news, but Mike Leak uh, is an interesting guy to watch this offseason. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, Leak, they don't necessarily need to dump Leak's salary. Leak is a nope. serviceable pitcher. He comes pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I just... 
I, I don't really see how um, the Mariners would move on from him without getting some sort of value back. Um, I just don't look at him as a salary dump type of guy. Um, especially now, you know, when you consider that the Mariners aren't looking to compete this year, so they're not going to hand out any major uh, money this offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you look at 2020, uh, Felix is coming off the books. Nicasio is coming off of the books. There's all the money that you uh, are potentially saving by dealing Paxson and Zanino. Um, yeah, I just I don't feel like uh, this team really needs to dump salary. Um, so, and I think and I think the Mariners re- uh, recognize that. I, I don't think that they're uh, desperate to trade leak. Um, but you know, clearly they they've given him some options. Um, mm-hmm. that's been, you know, the widespread report is that he has a few options on the table for him to waive his, uh, no trade clause. Um, I don't know if that actually means that, uh, the Mariners have a deal in place with certain teams and mm-hmm. are just waiting on leak to okay them. Um, or if it's just, you know, Hey, we're kind of talking to these teams. Would you accept a trade there? So we don't waste our time. Right. Um, so yeah, uh, but the fact that he's in the loop, it it does bode well for him being traded. Um, but I don't, I don't think that they're necessarily, um, going to bend over backwards to deal him because they don't really need to. Right. And that kind of segues nicely into the big rumor that popped up over the last couple of days. Um, this notion that the Mariners are. Um, aggressively shopping Robinson Cano. Um, two teams have been mentioned, the New York Yankees and the New York Mets. Um, you know, there's some speculation as to whether those are the only two teams Cano would okay a deal to, um, seeing as though, you know, he played most of his career in New York um, and he does have a no-trade clause. But uh, with the rumor that the Mariners are, you know, aggressively pushing him or whatever the phrasing is, uh, and the Mets are apparently aggressive in their interest, uh, there's a lot of aggressiveness going on in this, in this, uh, in this reported uh, rumor or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I keep seeing this idea that the Mariners have to dump Robinson Cano because he's on such a bad contract. Well, not yet. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Cano's still really good. Um, you know. Last year he played in 80 games, uh, obviously the suspension and whatnot, but that makes for a really easy math for us. Uh, you take his numbers and you double it, and basically he was on pace for a six-win season, um, you know, a 374 on base percentage, a 471 slugging, 20 home runs. He's still taking walks. He's still not striking out. Um, you know, defensively he's still okay, and now he's got first base and a little bit of third base under his belt. So I just I don't understand this idea that the Mariners have to dump Robinson Cano um, because and I feel like people are acting like it's because they can't afford his contract and that's just simply not true. Yeah, I twenty four million dollars a year is a lot. Yes, um, but he do twenty four million dollars worth of value uh, last year by Fangraphs. Uh, 
by Fangraph's war to dollars. I don't, I don't know what they call that. Uh, sorry, I don't. Um, but basically their theory is that one win is worth $9 million on the open market. Um, Cano is at 2.9, so he's worth $27 million uh, last year in 80 games. And he's getting 24. He just, Cano's been very good as a Mariner. Uh, he's lived up to his contract, uh, in theory at least. And you're halfway through, and there's really no signs that he's not going to be a productive hitter. I just, why, why are people acting like the Mariners have to dump Robinson Cano? Yeah, I think, you know, where things uh, become muddied uh, on, on Cano's deal is uh, the reason why it's a bad contract for the Mariners mainly is because of what they owe Kyle Seeger and what they owe Felix Hernandez. And Felix Hernandez is coming off of the books next year. Um, Seager will be coming off of the books after 2021, I believe. And, um, but even then, even, even with Seager still on the roster, just getting Felix's numbers off of the books drastically changes the makeup of the Mariners payroll situation. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah, so you had on top of that, the, uh, the money they've saved by trading Paxton and Zanino. Um, and then you, if they trade Segura and leak, like the Mariners are not going to is going to be off of the books next year. Right. I mean, yeah. the Mariners are not going to be hard pressed for any money. And like you did mention, uh, Seager comes off the books after the 2021 season. Um, yeah. so two more years after Felix comes off the books, Kyle Seager will as well. If he doesn't rebound and you can trade him for something. So, um, the Mariners, Anybody who's telling you that the Mariners uh, need or the Mariners can't afford X or they need to move this for payroll reasons, anybody who's telling you that, they're lying to you, including the Mariners, by the way. The Mariners try and tell you that, well, we just can't carry Robinson Cano's salary. They're lying to you. Um, They absolutely can. Um, That being said, if they have an opportunity to move the contract and get something for it while eating some money, I'm totally down for that. Um, Yeah. That's fine by me. Um, but this idea of, oh, we just got to dump them for whatever we can get and eat as much money as possible, that's that's not the case. Robinson Cano is not Albert Pujols. Robinson Cano can still play. Um, yeah. But anyways, um, so yeah, the Cano rumor, uh, him going to the Mets, seems to be the most uh, relevant right now. But unfortunately, it's as exciting as it could be for Mariner fans. Because of this nagging, you want to call it rumor, or I don't, I don't know what the exact word for it is. Um, this idea that the Mariners may try to attach Edwin Diaz to the deal um, to try and get a team to take Cano's contract. Um, so, Ty, what do you think of that whole situation about the possibility of attaching a player like Diaz to Cano just to move his salary? Um, frankly, it makes me want to vomit. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it's stupid. It's, uh, yeah, this notion that the Mariners uh, need to attach one of their most valuable pieces on the market, maybe one of the most valuable pieces that's actually available (laughs) for any team, just to 
get rid of Cano's contract because apparently they're so desperate to get rid of Cano's contract, which is also not true. Like, okay. <laughs> it's it's beyond stupid. It's oh my god. The 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 things that I've read over the last forty eight hours or so. Mm-hmm. They're mind bogglingly like it's so bad, and and it all stems from that horrible, horrible trade that was proposed by Dan O'Dowd on MLB Network on Monday right. night. That said, not only will the Mariners trade Robinson Cano, they will pick up Jay Bruce's contract, take on Dom Smith, who is notoriously a bust. Mm-hmm. And oh, oh, and they will give Edwin Diaz and Malik Smith <laughs> for the Mets' number one prospect, Andres Jimenez, who yeah. is good, is that- but he's not—he's not fantastic. He's a defense for a shortstop who may or may not be able to hit at the big leagues. And certainly won't hit for any power. So, yeah, I mean, like he he by himself is a nice player. Um, I, I do want to point out just before we continue to mock Dan O'Dowd, um, which is coming, by the way, uh, I do want to point out that in that deal, he also had the Mets taking on the entire Cano salary, which, by the way, the Mets aren't going to do either, Dan. Like, it's <laughs> just it's so stupid, really, on both sides. I mean. I, I, but I, I'm just going to let you continue because it really is. It's so, so, so unfathomably stupid. Um, and this guy's this guy was a major league baseball general manager. And it's like, like this, this is the, I can see why you no longer work in the business, buddy. Like, well, good let, God. You know, the MLB network is the same company that employs, that employs Harold Reynolds and sometimes has Jack Sorensic on as their guest for insight quote-unquote so you know we should just ignore everything mlb network does and i implore our our audience to ignore anything that they say or any opinion that they give on the seattle mariners uh it's trash it's just it's garbage um a few months ago there was like when the mariners were really hot there was like this it might have been mad dog russo which by the way might be the he might be worse than Skip Bayless, which is saying something. Um, yeah, he he did this thing where he's like, "What's going on out in Seattle?" And he he called it like the pungent sound or something like the pudget sound or something. he didn't know the Puget <laughs> Sound. He didn't know the players. He said uh, who he, he said that Christian Bregman or whatever Bergman, yeah, was having a great year there, and he had only pitched one game, for seven <laughs> innings. <laughs> he just went on and on. And it was clear that the dude had never watched a Mariners game in his life. He had no idea what he was talking about. And he just kept, oh, yeah, it's so beautiful up there on the Pudget Sound. And Chris it, Bregman, Bergman is going to be an all-star. It's like, dude, he threw seven shutout innings against Texas, and they sent him down immediately. <laughs> at, like, that was his whole thing. And you're like, that came from the MLB net. It's like, you guys have one job. Yeah, I always I always love when he uh when he interviews Dave Sims. Mm-hmm. Because 
you know, Dave Sims will talk about, you know, the, the guys that they acquire and who he's excited about. You know, like last year it was like, oh, yeah, we got Ryan Healy and we got, um, you know, we got Mike Leake coming back and all this. Blah, 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 blah. And all, you know, uh, Mad Dog Russo wants to talk about is, so tell me about Felix. Felix is going to be good this year, huh? <laughs> yeah. Like, well, he hasn't been good in three years, Mad Dog, but uh, <laughs> sure, yeah, he'll be great. God, yeah, okay, so anyway, we're getting off the beaten path here. Right. The, we could spend all day bashing MLB Network. Um, yeah. it's, it's just, God, you know, it's hard to, to, to just look at this Cano situation and see how the Mariners can actually get something that's beneficial to them um, mm-hmm. or come out of this winners. Uh, you know, like I said, you're like, you've said Cano is still really good. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's just one of those ageless wonders. Um, you know, uh, even, even then, you know, I'm not comfortable paying 24 million to, uh, to someone in their late thirties. Uh, right. And, and he'll be owed twenty four million in his age forty and age forty one seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, you know, this is the this is the same team and the same fan base that is clamoring for uh, for them to to pay uh, Nelson Cruz sixteen million a year to play DH. Right on a team that's not winning next year. Yeah, so. You know, and and the Mariners, they they're comfortable with with paying these older guys if they think that they provide value to them. They're, you know, it's it's just, God, it's just hard to like to really see how how fans think that that Cano needs to be off of this team. Like right. that, it's absolutely necessary that he that the Mariners have to get rid of his contract. There, it's like, like I would get this if Cano was putting up Kyle Seager numbers. Yeah, but then you wouldn't be able to trade him. <laughs> yeah, but like, like I, I think the idea. I think a lot of people are still pissed that he failed a test for high blood pressure medication which led to a suspension. Um, and so they just, oh, I just want to get this guy off my team. And it's like, that's, that's really bad business. It's also really bad baseball. And it just, like, I don't, I, I don't, I really, I don't know what their, their thought process is. Um, I do want to say this though, real quick about the, uh, the Diaz and Cano connection there. I, I, phrasing is important here. When you look at a lot of these reports, um, like Joel Sherman, the Mariners are motivated to move Cano enough that they are thinking of attaching Diaz in some scenarios. Like that's not saying that oh they're definitely going to attach Diaz to this deal to make it happen. Um, you know, Matt Ahall he said regarding Cano, have heard some of the Mets' top prospects have come up in talks. From Seattle's standpoint, if they're going to eat the money to make it financially work for the Mets, it makes sense that they'd want good prospects back. Yeah. There we have kind of this, oh, they they're, they would consider attaching Edwin Diaz to Robinson Cano in some scenarios. That's hardly a hard, like, 
hey, the Mariners are talking to the Mets and it's Cano and Diaz and they're just working out the final details and all that. So it's still highly unlikely to happen. And by the way, there's another report in there that suggests that the Mariners are going to eat the parameters of the deal, say the Mariners would eat $50 million, $10 million a year for Cano's contract. That makes Robinson Cano a $14 million player. Yeah. He's a bargain at $14 million. Yeah. Which means I mean, when you consider, you know, going just going back to uh, to Nelson Cruz real quick, mm-hmm. some team out there is going to give Nelson Cruz fifteen million a year this offseason. To just play a DH. Yep. Or if some you know, NL team is stupid enough to put him in the outfield. <laughs> I doubt it. But yeah, yeah, it you have a guy who can play second at a pretty good level. You have a guy who can play first now. He has some experience there. Um he's still hitting. Um yeah. and hitting at a high level. Right. Not just hitting, but hitting at a high level. Right. All star level bat. Um, and he's going to $14 million over five years. Um, so you're looking at what, $70 million? At that stage, Cano becomes a really interesting trade chip. Um, and you don't need to move Diaz in that deal to get the Mets to take him. Yeah. And so four- Go ahead. if that's the case. <laughs> Like, this idea that, oh, we'll just take Jay Bruce and maybe, like, a lotto ticket <laughs> is ridiculous. Right. It just, the only thing with the Jay Bruce, like, thing is that if it's another... Bruce is making $13 million this year, $13 million next year, right? If you're taking Bruce so that the Mets will give you a better prospect, um, then that's fine. Like, I, I don't yeah. have a problem with that. Um, but this idea that Bruce is like some kind of like selling point for the Mariners, no, he's convenient because if the Mariners eat fifty million dollars, they will have him and Cano will basically be making the same amount of money, and so the Mets add Cano without really adding any payroll to twenty nineteen or twenty twenty. Yeah. Um, so I think that's where the Bruce uh, idea comes in as, hey, you know what, you guys get Robinson Cano. Um, for two years, um, you know, without adding really any significant payroll to your roster, we get a prospect. And then even after those two years, the final three years, here's $30 million um, to make Cano a $14 million player, uh, which means he has to be worth roughly a win and a half uh, in those final three years each to be worth that contract. Mm-hmm. So he'll get there. Um, so yeah, Bruce makes sense. It's just kind of a, counterbalance to help the Mets keep their payroll situation where it is. Um, But there is one other thing I want to bring up here, and that is that the Mets are apparently listening on Noah Syndergaard. If they're trying to trade Noah Syndergaard, they don't make any sense for Robinson Cano. Yeah. They're rebuilding at that point. So I just, I see all kinds of problems with this uh, theory or with this idea that the Mets are going to trade for Robinson Cano or that the Mariners are going to attach Edwin Diaz to the deal. Um, I just see a ton of issues with it. And uh, as I check my phone for a Mariners PR tweet, uh, it's fine. It's fine. It's more, uh, (laughs) it's more Edgar, uh, Edgar statistics. Uh, So, but anyways, yeah, I just find the whole idea that this whole thing, it just, there's so many holes in it that it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Really, for either side. Um, so, 
I, I still think this is a, you know, a lot to do about nothing, but uh, it is interesting. It is being reported by multiple people um, that these are at least being discussed, which, by the way, is fine. A lot of things get discussed that never see the light of day. So I, I think Mariners fans need to relax a little bit on this. Um, I also think that they're letting their emotions um, what would be smart baseball decision. Um, part of this is, you know, a lot of Mariner fans, they just don't want to trade Edwin Diaz. And unless you're bringing back Mike Trout, they're not going to like the deal. And, uh, you know, I get it. He's, fu- he's a fun player to watch, but from a baseball, just baseball economic standpoint, you, you need to trade him. <laughs> like, like it doesn't make any sense. You've already said 2019 is not going to happen for you. Probably not going to 2020 either, more than likely. So what's the point of having an elite closer? Trade him. Um, but I, I do understand the, the like the outrage of trying to attach him to Cano um, because that, that also makes no sense. So, I mean, the whole thing, just it just seems overblown, I guess is the word I would use. Yeah, it's overblown. You know, um, it's also convenient that it's just the two New York teams and the New York uh, sports news market is notorious right. for for just stirring the pot and spouting off at the mouth. And Let's take these vague rumors and report them as cold, hard facts. And also, you know, the Mariners under Jerry DePoto have been really good about not letting things leak. Yep. So these are coming from one side. I mean, and it's and probably that's not likely the, the Mets or the Yankees. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just I don't know. I I I call BS on it. I think you know, and I also just don't think that Cano would be interested in waiving his no trade clause. Even if yeah. even even if it's going back to New York, I just I don't know. You know, because that fan base hasn't been the nicest towards him since he left i don't know if he would be interested in going back to to the yankees or going back to that market in general right we we don't know what market he might not be interested in um apparently i i want to say it was somebody locally who reported last night that the mariners have not um not even approached cano to ask him about waiving his no trade clause to begin with um I think it was okay. Feinstein. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, Mark Feinstein—that is a guy that you can trust. I, I, I think he's one of the better in the bit, one of the best in the business at this type of thing. Um, and so when he says that they're they're at least talking about this type of stuff, I think you can take that to the bank. Um, I think it is being discussed. Remember, discussion is a long way away from uh, yeah from actually anything of relevance. So, um, I guess. Just that was kind of a rambly kind of thing from us. There was a lot to unpack there. So let's just real quick here before we move on to uh, Edwin Diaz talk. Um, let's just talk, let's just wrap up this Cano thing. Uh, yes or no? Uh, you agree with the statement or not? You ready? Okay. All right. So the Mariners should not trade Robinson Cano solely to get rid of his contract. Agree or disagree? I agree. Okay. The Mariners should be listening on Cano, even if it means eating a large portion of his contract in order to get better prospects back. I agree. The Mariners should not 
attach Edwin Diaz to Robinson Cano under 99% of the circumstances that can be conceived in the trade market. I also agree. (laughs) And also, um, the, the Robinson Cano to the Mets trade is being overblown. Agree or disagree? Yeah. Okay. And finally, the Mariners will trade Robinson Cano this offseason. What do you think? I'm going to say no. Um, yeah. I just think there's there are a lot of variables when mm-hmm. it comes to that. And yeah, I'm sorry, I don't remember who it was who, uh, who tweeted this or reported it. Um, there was somebody out there who said that the their takeaway from these talks is that the Mariners will end up trading Cano. It's just a matter of what the deal looks like. Um, I don't know. I'm 50-50 on it. Uh, but like you said, I, I'm certainly open to it. Um, it's it's all about the details in this um, in this deal. So uh, we'll wait and see what happens there. Uh, trust me, those rumors aren't going away anytime yeah. soon. Um, so let's, uh, let's shift gears a little bit here and let's talk about Edwin Diaz. Um, a player who um, most certainly has value that nobody questions um, and absolutely should not be attached to any other player. <laughs> um, but there's kind of a, I don't let me say that when we first started our office back in, was it like October 3rd or something like that? Mm-hmm. It was always my opinion. Of course, it was both of our opinion back then that the Mariners weren't going to rebuild. Yeah. Um, we were wrong. At least it seems that way. Um, it was also my opinion that there was no chance the Mariners would actually trade Edwin Diaz. And I've carried that for most of the off season, but now I'm kind of getting to the point where I think it's at least possible. I don't want to say it's likely, um, but I do think it's possible that they will actually consider trading Edwin Diaz. Um, and it really has nothing to do with Jerry DePoto's whole, you know, we have to be blown away. All that, that that's that's GM speak. I mean, that's what he's supposed to say. Yeah. Um, so let me ha- has your opinion shifted on whether the Mariners will trade will trade Diaz? I think we both agree that they should. Um, but it was opinion that they wouldn't. Uh, is your what's your opinion, and has it changed since October? Um. I don't know. I I think he will be traded this offseason. Um, I think it actually might happen at the winter meetings. Um, sure. The fact that there have been discussions and those discussions have actually been leaked. Um, right. That's interesting. Um, I don't know. I... I you know, because you have this um, this whole, you know, like going back to the Cano thing, you have this notion that they would be willing in some scenarios to attach Diaz to Cano. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's true, then if they're if they're considering that, then they're most definitely considering trading him solo. Right. In my mind, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh so yeah, I'm starting to think that it might be more likely than we originally thought. Um and it's and that's the smartest move because you know, Diaz is a dominant closer. Right. But if this team isn't going to compete until 2021, 
you know, and a lot of things can happen to a pitcher, especially one that throws that hard mm-hmm. in two years. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and Diaz, for as dominant as he is, I'm not afraid to say that he's a little bit of a one-trick pony. His breaking ball has gotten better, but it's not, you know, sometimes it's just completely off. Um, right. You know, so that's not something to be entirely thrilled about. I think his his value will never be higher than it is. He's coming mm-hmm. off of a record-setting season. Um, right. Yeah, I you know he's he's established himself as the best reliever in baseball right now, mm-hmm. and uh, you know because here's another thing: once D- all right, let's say that they keep Diaz and Diaz stays dominant, et cetera. You know, just looking far, 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 far down the road, his value is going to decrease, and when he eventually reaches free agency, he's going to probably make twenty million dollars. Because I mean, yep. if you look at the deal that Kimbrel just signed. Mm-hmm. And how things usually only increased in the markets. Yep. Like Plus, the, the Mariners it, aren't going to afford that. So, so mm-hmm. even if you want to keep him, Diaz is not going to be a Mariner for life. So, so these uh, the fans that are that are, that want him to stay, etc., need to come and come to grips with that reality. And he's not going to uh, tip the scales one way or another during this rebuild. Um, he should absolutely 100% be traded. When you look at the deals that the Yankees and the Indians got, um, you know, for their relievers over the last uh, few years, uh, <laughs> and, and when you consider that Diaz is better than all all three of those relievers, and younger you know, and cheaper, and cheaper <laughs> like, with more club control. With more club control, I and they're and Diaz is only twenty four years old. Like, Chapman was most definitely a rental. Um, I think Miller was too, and he resigned. Yeah, um, in Cleveland, I think that's how that worked. I um, think so. And Diaz has four years of club control left. He's going to make barely over the league minimum in twenty nineteen. Yeah. I so, mean, you like you can get an amazing package for Edwin Diaz. I have no doubt about that. Nope. The get, you know, trading Diaz or, or a package for Diaz would, could potentially change the entire organization. Yeah. For the positive. Yeah, absolutely. If you look at the Yankees, what the Yankees were able to receive, you know, they got Claybert Torres, Mm-hmm. They got um, Clint Frazier. They got Justice Sheffield, which in turn got them James Paxson. They also got Adam Warren, who was a really good reliever for them. Yep. Um, Billy McKinney, who they then flipped for a couple months of Jay Happ. Um, I mean, they cleaned up in that deal, um, in both of those deals. And, you know, the bullpen didn't really take a step back. It was so really, I I just think that, you know, I, I see this a lot about well, why can't Diaz be the centerpiece of your rebuild? Because he's a reliever. He's going to throw at most eighty innings a year, at most. 
that's less than that's like five percent of the total innings you need pitched in a year. Yeah, he can't be the centerpiece of your rebuild because he doesn't play enough. He doesn't contribute. Yeah, and that's the and the same thing. Same thing goes for really any pitcher when looking yeah. at a rebuild because even a starting pitcher only pitches once every five days. It's a staff that will turn the a rebuild around. It's not yeah. one pitcher in particular. Justice Sheffield is not going to dramatically increase the timeline of a Mariners rebuild. No, but Justice Sheffield with Marco Gonzalez and Logan Gilbert all turning into studs. That will I, those three combined can. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just it's tough. And you know the other thing I see with that all the time. Well, where would the Yankees be without Mariano Rivera? Probably with the same exact amount of World Series titles as they have. Yeah. And that's Mariano Rivera is a Hall of Famer. He's yeah. the best closer ever. Not worth that much. It's it's yeah. not. I'm sorry. It's not. It's not yeah. worth all that much. Um, Diaz just had a great year. What was he worth? Three and a half wins. Yeah, that's a, exactly what I was about to say. That's a good player. That's a really good player. But you know, for as high of a value that that fans put on Diaz, they they act like Diaz is in the same echelon as Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, superstars. Diaz is a superstar in his own right, but he's not a organization-defining player. It's 150 games versus 65. It just... By the way, if if Alex Colomay was the closer this entire season um, and Diaz didn't pitch... The Mariners probably lose what two more games, like yeah. maybe three at most. It just, yeah. it does not. And by the way, so what? Then they miss the playoffs by twelve games instead of eight. Like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> who cares? And yeah. a great, a great closer is the cherry on top of a ice cream sundae. Yeah. He's not the ice cream. He's not the foundation. He's the guy you add later on to push you over the top. And, and that's this what is also why is. you rarely ever see teams that you know, that are in contention and they make their big move and it's a closer or a reliever. That's why you see these teams still Mm -hmm. fail to win a world series because it's not that much of a swing. Mm -hmm. The Uh, A's, the A's built an incredible bullpen, right? Got them one playoff game and they got them one playoff game and they lost and, and and they tried to ride on the back of their bullpen to win that Mm -hmm. game and they still lost. So, you can slice and dice Diaz any way you want. At the end of the day, he's going to pitch a max of 80 innings. He's not He's not ever going to make a start for you. Yep. And at most, at most, he's going to be worth three and a half wins. Yep. Maybe, maybe four if he somehow gets even better. But by the way, I, I see this all the time. Even if he gets better, his value still goes down. Because yep. he is that much closer to arbitration, he's that much closer to free agency. Every pitch Edwin Diaz throws, his value goes down. Yep. And God forbid he throws one too many pitches, and there goes his elbow, and now he's worthless. He didn't get anything for him. So, yeah, please stop with your whole Diaz can be the center. No, he cannot. It's not his fault. It's not like he's not good enough. But he's not going to get used enough. Telling me I can get an average, even if I can get an average major league left fielder and a start a number three starting pitcher that's more valuable than Edwin Diaz 
And oh, by the way, you can get more than that, potentially. I mean, you're probably dealing in prospects, so nobody really knows. But you could probably get more than that. Um, so real fast, the uh, the teams that are apparently most interested in Diaz, according to uh, Joel Sherman um, of the New York Post, he has uh, the Mets, the Yankees, the Phillies, the Braves, and the Red Sox as the most interested. Um, you know, honestly, I, I don't think the Red Sox have enough. Um, Michael Chavis is their top prospect. He's a nice player. Um, probably a first baseman, but he's got really good power. Um, minor league producer, nice player. Jake Groom's a left-handed pitcher with some upside, but he missed all 20. Uh, there's not a lot on their major league roster that they would actually move for Diaz. Um, maybe a guy like Eduardo Rodriguez, but he's three years away from free agency. He's going to start making money now. Um, so I'm not sure that the Red Sox really make that much sense um, right now. Uh, so I, I, they may be showing interest, but I think they're pretty much. I just I don't see a way that they can acquire, you know, acquire Diaz. So yeah, I would I, yeah, I would actually toss them out. Um, maybe if they trade a piece and get a you know a different prospect or whatever. But as of right now, I would consider them probably out. Um, which leaves and they the don't Mets. really need him either. They no. they re-signed uh, Kemble, right? I haven't or, seen that yet. Or no, 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 they haven't. They haven't. Sorry, I. You know what I was thinking about when I was talking about Kemble earlier? I was thinking about our um, our simulation. <laughs> right. I got I got totally confused. Okay, so ignore everything that I've said about Craig Kemble. Up to this point. Okay. Not a problem. I was doing that anyways. <laughs> but, yeah, they really don't need him. Um, I just I don't see a fit there between the Red Sox. Um, so you look at the other teams you're talking about. Uh, the Yankees, uh, the Mets, the Phillies, and the Braves. Um, you know... Uh, the Yankees could still theoretically pull it off. Um, I mean, they absolutely could. I just, I think you're probably going to get more from the Braves, uh, which is why I would say the Braves are my number one contender um, for Diaz. I mean, their farm system is better and better. Like, and they kind of have more of a need for him. Uh, I would say the Braves are the number one team contender for Diaz. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah, I've all, I've thought that since before the season ended. Yeah, the Braves make a lot of sense for a lot of Mariner players. Um, they made sense for Paxton. They make sense for Haniger. Uh, they make sense for Diaz. I, I just think there's too much. I don't. There's too many connections there in terms yeah. of fit. That the Braves and the Mariners are going to make a pretty significant deal. Maybe it's Diaz. Maybe it's Haniger. Or maybe it's somebody like uh, I don't know Alex Colome even. Yeah. But I think they're probably going to make a deal with the Braves at some point. And the Braves are going all in. You know, they yep. just they just gave one-year deals to uh, Josh Donaldson, which is for $23 million. Yep. Um, and they just got uh, Brian McCann on a, on a one-year deal as well. Right. They're all in on, on, on 2019. 
so there is absolutely no question that they will sell from the excess of um, talent they have in their in in their farm system to get Diaz. Right, and they've also reported on uh, MLB uh, MLB Radio. Um, they've said they listed out three things that they feel like they still need. Uh, one of them was a top of the rotation arm. Uh, the other was a uh, a corner outfielder, and the final one was a dominant closer. Um, and they also said I I can't remember who the uh, the GM is down there in. Is uh, it uh, Alex Anthopoulos? I've, Anthropolis I or whatever. Pronounce yeah. his last name. So he mentioned those three things. And then he also said that, but realistically, where we're at financially, we can probably only afford to do two of those things at most, um, which sounds kind of weird from a guy who just gave $23 million to Josh Donaldson. Um, <laughs> but that's good because you know who is a really good, uh, you know, relief pitcher on a team for a team with a budget? As, so, um, yeah. The Braves still make the most sense to me. Um, I would, second, I would put the Phillies um, of those teams that we've already listed. Um, I think they have the prospects to do it. I think they have the young major league talent to do it. Um, I think they're far and away behind the Braves, um, but I still think that they're probably number two. I'd probably put the Yankees three, the Mets four. The Yankees really don't need Diaz, though. Right. Um, and, you know, the Mets actually have a pretty decent uh, top group of prospects. Like I like Jimenez, I like Jimenez, I like Alonzo, I like Kalinic, I like Dunn, I like Peterson, um, I like Vientos. I just I'm not sure unless they're giving up three or so of those guys. I'm not sure there's a deal for Diaz that makes sense there. Uh, and I don't I think, think the Mets would want to do that too because they're still kind of rebuilding. If they make a trade, one of the other rumors that's floating around is the Padres are making an aggressive push for Noah Syndergaard. Uh-huh. So if the Padres walk or the Mets trade the Padre or trade Syndergaard to the Padres for the collection of prospects it would probably take to get him, then all of a sudden I think they jump up the the list of possibilities for Diaz if they're still interested. Yeah. Um, because then they can put together a package that I think may be able to compete with the Braves. Um, like you mentioned, the Yankees don't need Diaz. Um, also, Sheffield is kind of the prize of that farm system, yeah. and they've already traded him. Uh, Floriel is nice. He's probably two years away. Uh, I mean, Abreu and uh, La Suega, I think is how you pronounce it. Yeah. Uh, they're both nice pitchers, um, but it would probably take both of them in the deal. And, Even then, like, and probably the best chip that they have is Clint Frazier. Um, and that's more appropriate for Gene Segura type of deal, not a Ned Wynn Diaz deal. Right. Plus, you know, Frazier has the concussion in- issues and the, uh, yeah. the really, I don't know. I don't know what the right uh, adjective is, but a really questionable uh, track record at the big league so far. Yeah. Um, and again, those are just the five teams that were mentioned. Um, I would imagine the Cubs and the White Sox and the Reds all have interest. Uh, the Rockies, the Dodgers, even the Astros make sense. Uh, Milwaukee makes sense. Um, St. Louis makes sense. Tampa Bay, maybe, um, if they really decide to go for it. The Nationals, possibly as well. 
Um, I think Diaz will probably have no fewer than 12 suitors. Yeah. Um, 10 to 15, probably half the league. Um, and so I, I hope they trade him. Um, honestly, I do. Uh, I think what it boils down to is just, you know, look for teams that are suddenly going all in on this season. Right. And especially if they have a closer uh, or an opening um, at their closer role. Usually the teams that will trade, that will, you know, spend big on a, on a closer uh, during the off season are those teams that are completely 100% going in. Um, you know, you saw it with the Padres a few years ago when they got Kimbrel. Mm-hmm. Uh, that didn't work out. And then you saw it again when the Red Sox traded for Kimbrel. Right. Uh, man, we've been talking a lot about Craig Kimbrel. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's usually those teams that know that this is that this year is their window. And, you know, if the, if they believe that a dominant closer, like the Braves said they need, is is the thing that will push them over the top, then they will, you know, they'll be willing to uh, to spend big on uh, on Edwin Diaz this offseason. And I think it will be the Braves because the Braves can afford it. The Braves can give the Mariners a better package than the Yankees ever received for Andrew Andrew Miller or Araldis Chapman, yep. and still be fine. Yeah, and still have a lot of talent in their farm system. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just that good. The White Sox are another team that could do that, and yep. they're they're kind of they're they're a dark horse. Because if they're serious about going after Harper and perhaps even going after Machado as well, mm-hmm. um, they're all in on this season. At that stage, you have to be. Yeah, it it, it doesn't make sense find either of those guys if you're like, well, in two years, we'll be ready and we'll already have them. That doesn't make any sense. So yeah, I the fact that they're being mentioned with those guys, I. You know, it's prompted me to say in the past that they're a dark horse for Diaz, um, which was met with a lot of, uh, you know, animosity. Um, and yet, I, I still believe it, and I think a lot of other people have jumped aboard the dark horse bandwagon for him. Uh, yeah, they they are one of the teams that can afford Diaz uh, and still be okay. Uh, I would say the Padres are in the same uh, type of boat. Um, you know. I don't know how close they think they are to competing. I'm guessing they must think they're pretty close because they spent a lot of money on Eric Hosmer last year. Um, and if they're apparently talking about Noah Syndergaard, so uh, clearly they think they're pretty close. So the Padres are another team um, that could kind of afford Diaz and still not empty out. So now if, if they were to go after Diaz, it mm-hmm. would cost them Tatis, right? I mean, Maybe I, uh, I don't know if they'd actually do that. And I think there is, I don't know a, if they would do it, but it would, that's what it would cost them. Right. That's what the Mariners would absolutely have, have to have from them. Right. Do you think? I think that's what the Mariners would say. Is, do you think that they would settle for a, for a package of, you know, like for quantity over quality from the Padres? I mean, like, instead of 
getting Tatis and like I don't know, Cal Quantrill, would they take like Mejia and Urias and Logan Allen? Was that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think they would. Um obviously you can get like this potential star. Um but again, we talked about it earlier. Diaz is just a reliever and uh, I just, I don't think it makes sense. So I, I think they would, but the problem when you say when people say quantity over quality, they assume the quantity is shit. Yeah, that's true um, too. So yeah, but I think they would take more in the middle to sacrifice a little up top. Um, if that makes sense, uh, kind of the opposite of what they did in the Paxton deal. In the Paxton deal, it really does sound like they took mo- they took less in the middle of their deal to make sure they got the guy that they really wanted at the top um, and Justice Sheffield. So I, I think they may do the inverse of that uh, for Diaz. It just really depends on how much they like the guys that they're being offered. Um, you know, and it's important to keep in mind that, uh, you know, your individual rankings or MLB.com's rankings or Baseball America's rankings aren't the rankings of the Seattle Mariners um, or the Padres. So, um I would just, you know, be wary of looking at prospect ranks and saying this is what, this is how everybody in baseball sees it. it it's not, but I mean, I, I think I think they would do it. I do. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, and and that's kind of where I stand too. I just I look at a potential, you know, um, uh, format. Of you know, similar to the Brad Hand deal, um, right. where it could just be uh, Diaz straight up for an amazing prospect, um, or you know, an amazing uh, MLB ready type. Um, but I think it'll be more of a package. Um, but just looking at the Padres, uh, I was thinking, you know, Diaz. Uh, straight up for Tatis and, you know, someone like Cal Quantrill. Um, That could make some sense. Uh, I just don't know, um, you know, specifically what these teams are willing to move from and what they're willing to uh, exactly spend. Um, You know, because it's hard right now to, to really gauge these teams because not a lot of moves have been made yet. Um, You know, there are rumors about who's interested in going all in this year, but we don't really know how that all fits because, you know, like for the White Sox uh, uh, in particular, you know, that hinges upon them landing uh, either Harper or Machado. You know, and there's a major chance that they don't get either. So it's... I don't know. It's it's really it's really hard to judge these things. Um but I think we might find some more clarity uh in the next couple weeks, especially with the winter meetings coming up. Yeah, in about 2 weeks I think. Yeah. So um that's where a lot of deals either um are finally, you know, are pushed over the goal line or they um are conceived and are worked on, um, you know, right. for a couple of weeks past the winter meetings, a lot of things 
you know, will will happen. And I'm I'm sure that we'll hear a lot about the Mariners because they are a very intriguing team right now because right. of this, you know, window that they've kind of set for themselves that they believe that they will find a way to compete in 2020 or 2021. Um, and that, you know, they have to hit big this off season to, to uh, set the pieces to do that. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think um, it's going to give us a lot to talk about. <laughs> sure. And, uh, but yeah, when it comes to Diaz, they they have to trade him because I I know for a fact that they will get a great package off to, offered to them if they if they are listening. Uh, yeah, I I agree. I think they have to do it um, simply because I don't it it'd be stupid not to. And say what you want about Jerry Depoto. I don't think he's stupid. Um, do I think he's necessarily a great general manager? No. But again, I don't think he's stupid. Pretty big difference there. Um, so we'll wait and see. But um, I, I think, unless you have anything else to add, I think that'll wrap up uh, wrap up today's podcast. We've talked a bunch of, a bunch of rumors, um, most of them unsubstantiated. And... Uh, really just hearsay at this point, but, uh, you know, that, that that's what the off season is all about. So Ty, do you have anything else you want to discuss before we wrap it up? Um, you know, not, not, not really. I, I, I believe that, um, we did a pretty good job of covering everything today, but you know, there, we could go on for hours about all this stuff. Um, especially the canoe stuff. That's very interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. if you want to hear more about my opinions on that, I, uh, I just uh, posted uh, an article about uh, the flaws in these rumors uh, surrounding Cano. Uh, so you can go read that, sotomojo.com. And, uh, yeah, that's that's about it. Um, you know, uh, other than that, really, all I want to say is just let's, let's get Edgar into the damn Hall of Fame, finally. You know, it's starting to look good for him. He's already picked up three votes from... Uh, from uh, the uh, vo- uh, from voters uh, that didn't vote him in last year, so he's he's already looking good, off to a good start, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll see if we can continue that. But let's let's keep that comp- uh, campaign going. Let's try to sway uh, powers that be to uh, to get Edgar into the Hall of Fame like he deserves. That's right. So uh, from all of us here at uh, SotoMojo.com, thanks for listening. Uh, be sure to join the website. Right now, we have plenty of Robinson Cano content. Um, it's kind of been our focus over the last couple of days. Um, and also make sure you guys join our discord. You can join by clicking the link down below. Um, really trying to build that up, uh, as a kind of a community for you guys to, uh, you know, talk Mariners and what frustrates you and everything like that. So be sure you click on that and join. Um, and, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Soto Mojo FS. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram as well by searching Soto Mojo. Um, And again, thanks for listening, guys. So, uh, you know, from all of us here, I just want to say, you know, Jerry, do your thing. Don't attach Cano to Diaz. Let's have some fun. Go Mariners. And I will see you guys in another life. Peace.